Let's pray. Oh, God, what a beautiful rendition of the Beatitudes. And it ends with, they shall see God. There's not a heart here that doesn't long for that experience. Love on the move. That's what those Beatitudes are all about. Make it clear. These few minutes we have left as we engage with you, make it clear, please. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The title of our homily today, put it on the screen for you, Love on the Move. You don't have to be a superhero to win. Although every kid wants to be a superhero. You wanted to be one and so did I. We went to my mom. We said, listen, can we have those beach towels? So we took the beach towels, my brother Greg and I, and we tied them around our necks. So they had this pretend cape and they were just, we were just flying all over the house, all over the yard. Kind of a cross between Superman and Zorro. Everybody wants to be a hero. CNN knows that. And that's why they send their cameras all over the world to find, what, what do they call it? The Hero of the Year Award. Love on the Move is all about heroes. You know why? Because the whole world hungers for love. We were made for it. Leo Buscaglia used to be the associate uh, professor of education at USC, the University of Southern California. In his book, Love, describes how this experiment became a classic in literature dealing with psychology and education, all right? So you may have heard about this. It was a long-term study on orphaned children, and I'm quoting now, where the only variable was human love and nurturing. So they're going to have two groups, all right? Group number one, the orphans. Group number one, they stay in the orphanage. They just stay in the institution. And then they're going to have a second group, also composed of 12. 12, 12 that stay, 12 that go. Only this second group was taken to an adolescent girl mentally retarded in a nearby institution, and she just loved on those kids. That's all she did. Twenty years later, Dr. Spears, the uh, lead psychologist for this, found that those in group one, okay, you remember, they're the ones that remained in the institution without personal love. At the end of the study, all were either dead or in institutions for the mentally retarded or for the mentally ill. So that's group number one. And group number two, the orphans in that group who received love and attention were all self-supporting with most of them graduated from high school and all happily married except for one divorce. I'm telling you, we were made for love and the world is hungry for it. Love on the move. Leo Buscaglia, he writes, put it on the screen, we need others. Oh, we know. We need others to love. We need to be loved by them. There is no doubt that without love, we too, like the infant left alone, would cease to grow, cease to develop, choose madness, and even death. That's why love on the move is absolutely essential to the way we live around here at Pioneer and Andrews University. It just has to be. Even when you don't feel like loving that person that needs to be loved. Or maybe we ought to say, especially when you don't feel like loving that person that needs to be loved. You say, who are you talking about, Dwight? Let's talk about the, the exact opposite of you, okay? So let's run these by. Someone who is exactly opposite from you. By that, opposite gender. By that, opposite sexual orientation. By that, opposite skin color. 
Opposite religion or no religion at all. Opposite worldview, opposite personality, opposite looks, opposite social awkwardness, opposite weirdness, opposite everything. That's who we're talking about. And that's the way she was to that circle of men. They had absolutely zero, nada, no time for her. Love on the move. Are you crazy? She's the one on the move toward us. And she's crying. She is sobbing in a very loud voice, talking about embarrassing to everybody else who's watching this thing. You know what? I, I wish somebody would shut that girl's mouth. In fact, you know what? I think I'll do it. Ooh, too late. She already got to Jesus. You got to take a look at this. Come on. Uh, Matthew chapter 15, love on the move again. And this is Jesus. Oh, you got to look somewhere for, for an example. Matthew chapter 15. You're finding it? I'm in the uh, New International Version. Let's go. Matthew chapter 15. Drop down to verse 21. Love on the move. Wow. 21. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Can you believe it? Jesus has just left the comfortable confines of hanging around the chosen people. I mean, what could be better? And now he's with Jezebel. We're talking about, we're talking about the wicked Queen Jezebel's hometown. That's where he is. You, you want to talk about rank, dark paganism, he has found it. And for that reason, and I know the guys aren't very, aren't very happy with this, but they are surrounded by heathen. Everywhere they turn, they are surrounded by heathen. Uh, Talking about trouble. Here she comes. Okay. Are you ready for this? Here she is. Verse 22. And a Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to Jesus crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon possessed and suffering terribly. Have you ever seen a person demon possessed and suffering terribly? My friend Conrad Vine, who's the, who's the director of Adventist Frontier Missions here in town, he stopped by the office a week and a half ago. He said, Dwight, I got a, I got a video I got to show you. So he shows me this video. Oh, it is not pretty. I'm telling you, it's a good thing they have, they have the warning at the beginning, viewer discretion. Viewer discretion. I want to say in your presence that when the devil takes over a body... It is not a very pretty picture at all. Now, the good news is she got saved by Jesus. She got saved by Jesus. And this dark, pagan, desperate mother is convinced that this, this son of David, who they say can expel demons, is her only hope for her baby. Yeah, look at that. Verse 22 again. And the Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Isn't that something? Lord. So she recognizes she's in the presence of a superior, spiritually superior being. Lord, son of David. Now, look, at she, she is no Jew at all, but she's heard the Jews living in the vicinity Talk about the possibility that this promised Messiah is present, and she's heard Jesus' name linked to that. Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. She is so desperate. Her daughter is so tormented. This mother is way, way outside her comfort zone. But who cares? I've got to find help. Man, talking about love on the move. 
Wow. But you sure wouldn't guess it at first. I mean, look how Jesus responds. Look at this. This is unbelievable. This is verse 23. Jesus did not answer a word. Not a word. What's going on here? Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him because he's keeping silent. She's, going, bah, bah. she's yelling, yelling, sobbing, sobbing. And he's, he's <laughs> so his disciples say, obviously, he shares our heart and mind. They said, Lord, you got to do something. Get this girl out of here. She's driving us all crazy. It's an embarrassment to you. Wow. Jesus answered her, not a word. You ever feel as if your prayers are connected with absolutely nobody? You ever feel that too? Like, like who's listening to me right now? Martin Luther, the great uh, reformer, when he used to describe this non-communicative God, he came up with this little phrase, Deus absconditus, the hidden God. Jesus knows all about the hidden God because when he's on the cross, into the funereal darkness, he is screaming, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So if you've ever felt that way, I got good news for you. You are not alone. And by that I mean you are really not alone because he is there in that darkness. My Lord, can't you say something? Jesus finally speaks. Now, you need to, you need to get this. He does not speak to the woman. Mm-mm. He's talking to the boys around him. He speaks to his disciples. Watch this. What's this verse? Verse 24. So Jesus answered. We often think he answered the woman. No, no, no. He answered his boys. He answered the disciples, and he said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. Now, I got to tell you something. Over the years, I've had this back-and-forth relationship to this one line. I mean, sometimes I'm thinking it's saying this, and other times I'm thinking it's saying that. And I'm saying, this was really a confusing thing for you to have said because we can't quite figure it out. You think about it. Does it sound like Jesus saying, I mean, it can feel this way. Hey, hey, you know what, guys? You're right. You are absolutely right. Send a woman away. I came only to work with Jews. Huh? I came only to work with your types and my types. Doesn't it feel like that? Yeah, it does. But you've got to think of, think of it. In a sense, it's true. If Jesus had set up his kingdom headquarters in the dark heart of paganism, he'd have lost all credibility with both the Jewish leadership and the Jewish populace. He cannot do that. No, he really did come for Israel. He's a son of David and a son of Abraham. Matthew is just clear on that in his first chapter. He came for Israel, not for Israel exclusively, but he has to start with somebody. He's going to start with these boys around him and the rest of those who listen to him. But neither. So he he can't risk his ministry to, to be there, but neither can he risk his disciples missing the point that he was making with a Samaritan woman at that well and the point he is making with this pagan desperately sobbing woman right now. They're not going to get it now. They're not going to get it now. But years after he ascends to heaven, one day it's going to say, ah, man, guys, that's what he was doing. What? Love on the move means savior of the world. And savior of the world means every human being on the planet. He is all our savior. Some of you sitting here right now are in need of a Savior. I don't know who you are. You know who you are. Jesus knows who you are. You just happen to turn on the television right now, and here you are listening to this. You are in need of a Savior. You don't have a a friend, a forever friend. 
I'm telling you what, right now, whatever the circumstances, he's your Savior too. He's quietly whispering. Love on the move leaves nobody out. Wow. So on the one hand, it can sound like that, but it can also sound like this. Listen. Okay, guys, listen. Listen to me carefully now. I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel, and I'm telling you, boys, your pagan neighbors are your lost sheep. This woman is your lost sheep. Israel exists for the world, not for itself. This little faith community that you and I belong to exists for the world, not for itself. This little university that you and I are part of exists for the world, not itself. You exist for me. They're your lost sheep. What are you going to do about it? Oh. In fact, boys, watch me now. I'm going to prove something to you. All eyes on love on the move. Let's go. What's the next verse? Verse 25. Okay? So he answers the disciples. And then in verse 25, oh, the woman, she can't take it anymore. She came and she knelt before him. Now, in the Greek, it's, it's, it's prostrate. She is, she is down on her face. She is sobbing at, at Jesus' feet. And she has one word to pray. Do you see her one word prayer? What does she say? Put it on the screen for us. Is it on the screen now? The woman came and knelt before him. And what did she say? Lord, what? Help. Help me. Anne Lamott. She's quite a writer. She lives over in San Francisco. Anne Lamott, in her book, The Three Essential Prayers, Help, Thanks, Wow. Those are her three prayers. I think it's pretty good. She talks about the help prayer. She'll say, this is the greatest prayer. I'll put her words on the screen for you. All right? There it is on the screen. Anne Lamott. There's freedom in hitting bottom and seeing that you won't be able to save or rescue your daughter or her spouse, or his parents, or your career, or relief in admitting that you have reached a place of great unknowing. Please, you pray, help this friend of mine live. Or maybe you pray, please help that friend of mine die gracefully. Or maybe you, you pray, please help Joe survive Evelyn's dementia. Help. Help us walk through this. Help us come through. It is, Lamont writes, the first great prayer, and it's one word long. Help! That's it. One word. That's all the woman prayed. She's sobbing at his feet. One word. You know what? You could do a lot worse than that one word. So the next time you, you are stuck and you do not know what to pray to God, pray that one word. Help me! And see what it'll do. I mean, he's low on the move. He's showing us right now. You pray that prayer. He's about to show us what he does in answer to that prayer. He's going to show us right now. You pray to me, help. I'm going to show you what I do, girl. You pray to me, help. I'm going to show you, boy, what I do. Watch me. That's what he's telling the disciples. Watch me. Love is on the move. He's moving into her pagan space. He's moving for her pagan heart. He's going to save her before this thing is through. You watch him. Verse, what, 26? Now he's talking to the woman, okay? Okay, I got, you got my attention, girl. You got my attention. Now listen to me. Now can you believe this? Can you believe he says this? He replies to her. So she's at his feet, sobbing. And he replies to her. He says, he says, it is not right 
to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. And it feels like he's calling her a dog. He's not. It feels like he's calling her a dog. But he's making a much bigger point. And notice her. Just like that. She shoots back. I love this. She shoots back. Yes, it is. It's okay to argue with God, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters. It's okay to argue with God. You don't have to have this little polite thing that you put on with this mask and, oh, okay, oh, okay. You can argue with him. Read the Psalms. David is arguing till he's blue in the face. I don't understand. What are you doing? Have you gone to sleep? I need H-E-L-P. You got it. That's it right there. I need help. Now, Jesus says, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord. Now, notice how she replies. Even the, and in the Greek it reads like this, even the little dogs eat the little crumbs that fall from their master's table. (laughs) And Jesus is here and she's sobbing and he's smiling. He said, girl, I've never seen anybody like you. You are something else. (laughs) Most women of your caliber would have walked away, maybe spit at me and then walked away. But you wouldn't let me go. I am so proud of you. I never was going to, I never was going to ignore you. In fact, Desire Jesus tells us he actually intentionally set himself up so that this woman would cross his path at this moment. He's known about her and he's moving. Love is on the move. He's moving to save her. I'm so proud of you. I want to tell you something. You dry, come here, come here. You dry these tears. Come here. You dry your tears. And what does he say to her next? Put it on the screen for us because I'm way far away from my Bible right now. Put it on the screen for us. Then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith, girl. You are something else. Your request is granted. You got it. I'm on your side and I will always be for the rest of your life. I'm not only saving your daughter, I'm saving you. You're my girl in the hometown of Jezebel. I got a girl there now. She's one of my warriors. Isn't that something about love on the move? Doesn't matter who, doesn't matter where. Total opposites. You got people out there that are totally opposite from you. And I mean totally opposite from you. Love on the move moves to people like that. Jesus moves to people like that. Wow. Oh, and then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith and your request is granted. And her daughter was, at that moment, she's healed. Before she even gets home. The end. That's it. Wow. You know why I love this story? I'll tell you why. I love this story because embedded in it is an expose of our most uncomfortable comfort zones that all of us live with these days. Yeah, Dwight, what kind of uh, uh, uncomfortable comfort zones are you talking about? Well, I'll tell you about a few. There's the racial uncomfortable comfort zone. You know that one, don't you? Sure you do. There is the religion uncomfortable comfort zone. You know that one. There is the political uncomfortable comfort zone. We all know that one. There is the social uncomfortable comfort zone. And by the way, the only way that Jesus' disciples are going to figure this baby out and know 
that the need of this woman is for compassion and love. The only way love could be on the move would be if they followed Jesus outside of their own uncomfortable comfort zone. They are hugely uncomfortable right now. They'll get it eventually. They'll get it eventually. My, oh, my, oh, my. Love on the move. That's Jesus for you. Can it happen today? Absolutely. Now, I'm going I'm to do this. I'm going to put a website on the screen for you, and then I'm going to tell you what's been happening. Because when we put this website up for the very first time last week, you have been responding. And I'm going to show you by reading two stories to you right now. But let's put it on the screen. Because if you go to this screen, pmchurch.org slash love on the move, you go to that page. It'll drop, scroll down. It'll say share your story. We have already, already have 15 stories. 15. I'm going to share two of them with you right now. 15 stories. Yeah, but Dwight, you know what? That's the problem with sharing stories. It's, it feels like you're bragging. You're crazy. That's the devil t- talking to you there. Do you think Jesus is bragging when he, when, when he allows the Gospels to be all about him? No, he's not bragging. Do you think the book of Acts is all about bragging because the apostles make sure all these great stories are told? No. Why? Because they want you to know, in case you live where stories like this do not happen, that they can start happening through you. That's the point. It can start happening to you. If you will be love on the move for Jesus. Two stories. Story number one. Okay, so I printed these right off the website. Story number one. And by the way, there's going to be a beautiful baptism next Sabbath, a rebaptism. So don't miss it next Sabbath. And by the way, it's going to be AUSA Unity Sabbath. So this place will be packed because those churches are coming in here for a second service. Uh, So be sure and be here. Uh, but you're going to see a beautiful baptism. Here is the backstory to what you're going to see next week, okay? This is written by Roger Eddington, okay? Permission to share the story? Yes. Okay. If you put no on the story you share, we won't share it. Okay, so we got permission. This is the story of a lovely lady. Ooh. No, not the one you may think of when you hear those few words. This is the story of a friendship that began over 20 years ago and is still going strong. You see, Sandra Pena, as she was known back then, she and I met by accident. It was a Sabbath, January afternoon. Okay, do the arithmetic, 1992. So this is Sabbath in January, okay? When her part of the story began, she was driving on I-94, getting off at exit 28. We all know exit 28, going to Benton Harbor. She was traveling too fast when she hit some black ice. The next thing she knows, she's sitting in a hospital bed. Eleven days later, she wakes up. She's in a coma. She suffered traumatic brain injury, among other things, from the accident. Now, almost five and a half years later, my part of the story began. My youngest son from my first marriage was involved in a traffic accident. You can see where this is going, can't you? He, too, suffered a traumatic brain injury. I started attending a brain injury support group in South Bend. Now, there is a comfort zone you've just stepped out of because you're not comfortable sitting around other people that have the same problem you have. Nobody's comfortable with that. We'd rather just suffer alone when you should be suffering with somebody around you. So you have to step outside of your uncomfortable comfort zone. And that evening, guess who shows up? You guessed it. Sandra shows up. Boy, she's way outside her comfort zone now because, because Roger's already been meeting with this group. Sandra's there as a newbie. Everybody introduces themselves to Sandra. When the evening's over, she remembers everybody's first name and says goodbye to all of them. And Roger's watching all this and saying, whoa, this girl's outgoing. She memorized his name. Hmm. She started coming to the meetings, and we became friends. 
Back in those days, we only had email, no such thing as texting or Facebook. So we began corresponding through email. A few, a few months later, she invited me to her church. It was the largest church I've ever been to in my entire life. We never did meet that day at Piney Memorial Church because of the crowd. He shows up. He says, where's this girl? She, he, she can't find her. She's here, but she, you know, we didn't have big screens back then, and so he didn't know. A little later, she invited me to Net 99. That's my friend Doug Batchelor, all right? So we did Net 98 here, so this is the next year. At the Village Church, I traveled each night from South Bend to hear the strange teachings that I had never be heard before. Previously, I was seeking a church that I felt comfortable with and had visited maybe a dozen different denominations, so God was working on me. Here comes comfort zone, uncomfortable comfort zone, maybe number three by now. Maybe it's number four. What is it? It's religion. He's stepping outside of his comfort zone because she said, why don't you come? After attending most of the Doug Batchelor meetings, I started attending church at the Village Church on Saturday and attending my church on Sunday. I I, I still wasn't fully convinced on the right day of of worship for a few weeks. And after a while, I came around and decided to attend church on the Sabbath instead of on Saturday and Sunday both. And a little while later, I wanted to be baptized. So on Sabbath, January 1, 2000, I went through the waters of baptism. After that, Sandra and I began courting, not dating. Courtship is the means by which a couple see if they are compatible for marriage. So marriage was the aim. There are times when you can be right up front about it. I thought there were too many hurdles to jump through in trying to become a married couple. Number one, huge age difference between us. Oop, uncomfortable comfort zone age. Number two, she's from Peru, South America. I'm a white boy from South Bend, Indiana. Ooh ethnic, uncomfortable comfort zone. Number three, she grew up in an Adventist family. While I was the only one in my family who ever went to church, number four, I was, I was previously married with three sons while she's never been married. Ooh, uncomfortable comfort zone, marriage. Ooh, wow, this story's full of them. She was an extrovert while I'm an introvert. Oh, personality. There were a lot of differences, but because we were both wanting a friendship, we saw past them. Now, listen up as he wraps this up. I left out many details because I don't want to bore you with it all, but it's been 18 years now since we were married. Hallelujah. We have been through a lot of struggles together, but the one thing that has held us together is that we are and forever will be, first of all, friends. Oh, I like that. And now you know why we say we met by accident. Pretty clever, Roger. Pretty clever. But in, real, in reality, God brought us together by that friendship that was struck up way back in 1998. That's what you call love on the move. You step out of your uncomfortable comfort zones into even worse uncomfortable zones for the sake of Jesus. Now, I have, I'm going to throw in a little caveat here. These, these love on the move stories are not to all end in getting married. So don't think that that's kind of like, that, 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 that's where Dwight's going. He just wants everybody to get married that's not married. That, that's, that's very rare that that happens. But it happened. So hang around here. Love is be on the move around here. No, come on. I'm telling you. Let me put, put that, can, can you put that website up again, please? Yeah, there it is on the screen, pmchurch.org slash love on the move. Stuff has happened to you. You're a student in this university. Somebody did love on the move to you. Tell us the story about somebody doing it to you. You don't have to be the hero of the story. If you want to be the hero of the story, we're, we're happy to have you the hero. But love is on the move, folks. It's why Pioneer exists. It's why Andrews exists to incarnate the love of the great God of this universe. Just live it out. Love on the move. Oh, wow.
Okay. Don't, so don't miss next, next Sabbath. You, you, you'll know the backstory now. And there'll be a little video as well. Love on the move. Now, story number two. I promise you two. This one's short. This is, this, is, this is a young mother that loves hanging around with young mothers. Okay? So it's okay to be that. This is Brianna Martin. Well, I know Brianna. So do you. But she writes, the short one, it's not just my story, but the one way that I'm trying to reflect a life of love towards others is through a new ministry called, at least for now, Meals for Moms. Last semester, I I led a grow group and one of our members gave birth, so we decided to get some meals together for her and her family because we know how hard it is to cook and take care of a newborn along with the other responsibilities parents have. So I asked Adrian Green, leader of Pioneer's Mommy and Me group, if if I could ask her group to participate too. And she and I decided that we should bring meals to all of the Mommy and Me members whenever they have new babies. Now, that was the end of November. So far, we've run five meal trains. I like that. Two of which are still in progress as I'm writing. And I'm praying to be able to expand this ministry to involve more than just the members of Mommy and Me. We have so many expecting mothers at Pioneer and in Berrien Springs. And I'm dreaming and planning a ways to reach the members of our entire community for Christ through bringing mothers their first meals when they come back from the hospital. Knock, knock. Who are you? We're Mommy and Me from the Pioneer Church. We're Love on the Move. You won't say we're love on the move, of course. (laughs) But you got the point. I share this story with you because you may not be a mommy, but that's okay. Here's a little mommy and a few other mommies that got a bright idea and they did something about it. A lot of people get good ideas and then it just sits on a shelf for the rest of their lives. You have a good idea. There's some ministry in your mind that you're thinking of right now because the Spirit is saying, what about that one? You've been talking about doing that. Why don't you do that? You're a student in the university. You can do it. You're a teenager. You can do it. Love on the move. That's the deal. Wow. Ah. Listen, by the way, she's, she's, she's wanting help. Oh, I, I, did I leave that out? I sure did. If anyone is interested in showing love on the move through providing meals to new moms or even just by helping me identify moms here in Pioneer or in Berrien Springs who would like to receive meals once their babies are born, I'd love to hear from you. Okay, so I'm putting another website up. Here's how you get a hold of Brianna. You let her know I wanna, I, I'm interested in this ministry, pmchurch.org slash volunteer. Boom, it'll take you to a list of ministries and Mommy and Me and the funeral dinner ministry we just heard about a moment ago, they're right, they're the top two. So you can respond just like that. Yeah, I want to bring meal. I want to bring food for mommies and food for people who are grieving. You can do that. Wow. Love on the move. Love on the move. It's what we do. It's why we exist, to be like Jesus. Last week we were with, we were with Jesus and, and Zacchaeus, this, this, this corrupt sinner turned saved man. This week, we're with Jesus and this, this pagan mother, desperate, now saved. Love on the move. Just like Jesus. You want to be a superhero? Come on. You want to be a superhero? Then become love on the move with Jesus. You become one of the great superheroes on this planet today. You can be a superhero. You don't even need a cape. Just be love on the move. So I get a text from a friend of mine for New Year's Day, okay? So it's New Year's Day. He obviously has lots of friends because he's individually sending all these texts. So the text I get, I tell you the truth, I have it right here. The text I get wishing me Happy New Year, it reads like this, Happy New Near. Near. You missed the Y, buddy. You put an N in there. Happy New Near. Well, that's a terrible mistake to make. (laughs) But I got to brooding over it. I said, you know what? The guy's right. <laughs> what, a, what a wonderful greeting to send in the new year. 
send the greeting. Hey, happy new year for you. Near what? Near Jesus, of course. You want to be love on the move? Happy new year to you. Just get close to Jesus. That's why we're reading the little book, Steps to Christ Through. All, All of us. Chapter a week. In 13 weeks, we're done. The end of March, it's over. But every day we're going to Jesus and looking at a little line from his life. Because there's just a few paragraphs in each chapter. We're not talking like books. <laughs> Let me put the, put the, uh, the uh, sc- this is from Steps to Christ. So just a few days ago, I read these words. This is Steps to Christ. Oh, speaking of love on the move. Such love is without parallel. The more we study the divine character in the light of the cross the more clearly we discern innumerable evidences of a love that is infinite and a tender pity surpassing a mother's yearning sympathy for a wayward child. Love on the move, getting near to Jesus. I can't think of a more perfectly effective way to be love on the move each new day than to begin the day near to Jesus. So I say to all of us, happy new near. What do you say? Come on, we can do it. We can do it together. Pull out your Connect card. Let's go. There are three options on the Connect card today. Thank you, uh, ushers, because they're getting up now. See, they're moving. They're coming your way in just one moment. Uh, We have guests here today. Fill out this front of the card with the information you're comfortable with. Put an email address if you want uh, something to come back to you. Turn the card over. My next step today is box number one. I have a love on the move story to share. And there's the website, pmchurch.org slash love on the move. Drop down to share stories. You'll see it. Share stories. Bingo. You'll just type it in. That's how I got all these stories. Box number two, I want to focus each day on Jesus' own love on the move. Oh, boy. PM Church, love on the move. Go to the same page. Even further down, it'll say Steps to Christ. There's a Love on the Move Steps to Christ electronic edition. There's a Love on the Move reading guide. It's perfect. Just put it on your phone. When you don't have anything else to do and you're waiting for somebody else to show up, just pull your phone out. Just read a few paragraphs a day. Love on the Move. Oh, and box number three, Love on the Move action step for today. I want to help mommy and me find new mothers to love. And or I want to help with our funeral dinners, circle one or both. You do that. And if you put your email address on the other side, we'll be in touch with you. That's it. We can do something. Love on the move.